This is Be Better, a podcast where people tell stories. You'll hear stories from people who have fought to be better in the arenas of fitness, mental health, relationships, and just how to become a better human. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get after it. Hey, this is Ross. I am the founder of Be Ready PT, which is a performance therapy clinic here in Nashville, Tennessee, working with athletes who have aches, pains, or mobility issues and want to get back to training. Guys, today on the podcast, we have Christiana Ucoli, who is the creator of Omicha, and I'll let her describe in a little bit about what exactly Omicha is, but also know she is one of my great friends at the gym and a fantastic athlete and a person I respect a ton. So without further ado, here's Christiana. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Better podcast. This is Ross. Today, I have Christiana Ukoli with me. And Christiana is awesome because at CrossFit Forte, she was one of my probably earlier friendships at this gym. And to be honest, Christiana, I can't even remember the moment that we met. Do you have any idea? None. That was? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I just, if you guys listen to the podcast that I did with Jake Coleman, I think my, the first memories that I can remember of you, Christiana, are just us talking about Avengers. That's true. During like, or right after class, we'd um, talk about different movies and like stuff going on in the world that we just saw or any reviews or anything like that. I think yeah. that's, I think that's how it kind of started. Yeah. And I think it was a, a natural friendship because honestly, there's quite a few people in this gym that are haters against <laughs> all things like fantasy, sci-fi, adventure, and uh, is just like a uh, a band of camaraderie that we kind of yeah, came they around. Just, they just don't get it and they're losers, but we won't get into that. <laughs> so guys, Christiana is a great CrossFitter in oh, her no. own right. Uh, and she's also the founder and creator of Omicha, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on down this podcast, but I wanted to bring Christiana on just because she's one of those people that I feel like has displayed her lifestyle and all the ways we've interacted at the gym, just that she's devoted to doing things well, um, that she wants to do things the right way. And, um, just that, you know, she has that kind of discipline and excellence that, uh, I really admire. And she's also, gosh, I'm going to have to drop so many like jokes and <laughs> at you for diet stuff. She eats a diet oh. of 100% chickpeas, which <laughs> you have the mental fortitude to eat only chickpeas. <laughs> I feel like you've got to be a person that is just like. You just got to get used to it when you, you know, <laughs> understand that your options are limited. Chickpeas aren't so bad when you can't eat much else. You know, it's kind of, you know. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, me and chickpeas are go hand in hand now. <laughs> so, uh, well, Christiana, you know, especially since because we, I can't really remember the exact moment that we met. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of how you got involved in CrossFit and uh, here at Forte and what that kind of first part of that journey was like for you. Okay, so I discovered CrossFit, I want to say, a little later than 
other people because I saw it maybe 2013 or 2014 because it was on ESPN one random Saturday when I was sitting and I was just clicking through channels and I was like, what is, what is this? What's going on? And there was a bunch of people, a lot of shirtless guys, a lot of really ripped, cut up women. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on here, but I want to do what they're doing. Like I, I had, I had no clue what I was looking at, but it was the CrossFit games. I had just, I just didn't know what it was. And so once I saw that, I kind of got curious about it and I looked it up and I tried to find some gyms but I was terrified like I don't know how to do any of that stuff I'm not good at mobility like I'm not you know I didn't know how to do any of those lifts or handstand walks or any of those things so I just kind of let it you know just kind of died off I just kind of went fast forward a couple years and I was having one of those um new year revolution kind of like oh I'm gonna attack things that scare me. I'm going to try something new, stop being so scared of stuff, give it a give it a go. And I decided to try CrossFit. And I was like, let's just go for it. And I Googled a bunch of gyms because at the time I was um, working downtown. And so I just looked for gyms that were close to my job. And Forte was you know, four or five minutes away. And they had um, the CrossFit 101 classes that you have to do the little basic stuff. And I came in here and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here, <laughs> you know, and the way they make you sign up that you have to um, do three times a week. And they try to tell you, you know, make sure you come at least three times, do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or something like that, and make sure you come. And once I had paid my money, because it's not cheap, I decided I was using every class <laughs> that was available all to in. me. Yeah. And so I made sure to keep coming back. And even for, for a while, I used to work out in the corner by myself because I was so terrified to like be around other people. And like, <laughs> so I feel like everybody knew what they were doing but me. So I used to like work out in the corner. And then I remember the day where I finally got like confident enough and like came to the to this, uh, the rig with everybody else. And Evan goes, you're in a new spot. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> just, something new, you know, <laughs> you like step out and he's just going to like bring it spotlight you right know, on right you. there. But after that, you know, after I guess talking to a few people, meeting a few people, you, you start to feel like you belong. Cause I spent a long time feeling like I didn't know what was going on. But then as soon as I was able to talk to people and work out next to people and feel like people were kind of supporting me. I was like, I guess this is, I guess I can work out closer to them. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of how it all got going. And I'm going to be completely honest here. At the time, there were several young men in this gym that I was like, you know, if I come around every so often, that wouldn't be so bad. It's an extra, <laughs> it's an right. extra motivating factor because who wouldn't want to go to the gym when you know it's going to be there? So kept me going, kept me consistent. The community, there you, you know? go. And then um, after a while, I was able to come just because I wanted to. I mean, who knows if that was after two or three or four years? We don't know. But now I'm here a lot, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, now, honestly, you know, when you work out, you're definitely one of the most proficient movers in the gym. You're often kind of like checking form and making sure you're doing things intentionally, doing things well. You know, I, you 
look comfortable as you weight lift. I know you'd, you're, you're already <laughs> laughing saying like, of course I don't, but like, you know, you move pretty well. You know, when do you feel like things just kind of started to click in CrossFit and you were able to kind of like really get on a roll? To tell you the truth, um, everything kind of happened in bits and pieces. So whether it's learning how to do a kipping pull-up, learning how to string a couple together, learning how to do a toaster bar, learning how to string a couple together, you know, everything kind of just happens when it happens. And you just have to make sure you're trying new things. You're trying to get those skills. Um, as for like pull-ups, um, when I first came in here, I think the number of strict pull-ups I could do was probably like five or six tops. And you just have to work at it. You have to say, I'm going to try to do these pull-ups versus 100% ring rows, you know? And when I first got in here, when I first got in here, I was trying to do the pull-ups because I wanted to practice them. And, you know, Evan would have to come and tap me and say, hey, workout's kind of going along. You might want to go down to the ring rows now, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Maintain the stimulus, of course. You know, and it just took a couple, um, a couple different, um, I guess, experiences to be like, hey, if you want to be able to do this, you have to try it. And so for pull-ups, I would just work and try and just do whatever I could do. And then somebody would walk around and say, hey, keep your feet in front of you, keep your feet pointed. And I'm like, got it. I'll try my best. I don't know what I look like. I'll try. But then I started to um, record my workouts and record. So if I could, if I, there was space and I wasn't in somebody's way, I would try to record things so I can see what I look like. And you look a lot different than you think. And that's when you can say that the truth. <laughs> and that's oh my when gosh. you can go, Hmm. I thought I looked a lot better doing that, but I don't. So I should probably work on that. I can't tell you how many times I've videoed myself on coach's eye and I'll like do a clean at like 90% or something. And just think that I looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> or Matt Fraser just ripping this bar off the ground. And I look like to a T exactly like Bambi <laughs> in a field of flowers. But people like Bambi, so that's positive. Bambi's uh, a love. I don't know if endearing <laughs> is always the vibe that I'm trying to give off. I know occasionally I give that, know? but <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, when you, when you record yourself and you see what you look like and you see certain movements and, um, certain quirks that you have that, you know, you need to fix, that's the first way. And you now have something to literally focus on. Um, so I'm trying to think it was, of course, snatches and clean. Oh my gosh. I had no experience doing any of those things. So even just trying to get myself to get under the barbell was um, I don't even know how we even got there to tell you that stuff is tough how, at first. I don't know how we accomplished that no clue to this day um but certain things like that and watching I watch a lot of Instagram like weightlifters because I'm always trying to be exactly like them because you know they do it for a living um I'm not there yet you know clearly there's soon a- I'm sure yeah it's right we'll around that way we're, <laughs> we're almost there but I watch a lot of those videos and try to pick up, you know, cues there. But um, I think it's just because I'm also scared of hurting myself. And so 
if I do something at a heavy weight incorrectly so many times, I feel like that just shoots up the amount of injuries that could just, you know, hit you. And so I try to make sure that if I'm doing a heavy weight, it's a heavy weight that I can do and I can do it decently well to where, you know, and, you know, sometimes you kind of lose that because you're in like competition mode and you're trying to beat the person next to you. But like 90% of the time I'm like, Hey, I just want to be able to do this and do this well. So my back doesn't hurt. Am I whatever doesn't hurt? Am I blah, blah, blah. Amen. doesn't hurt. <laughs> now, one thing I want you to talk about a little bit, because you've mentioned in the past that, you know, as you strive to move really well and be excellent in all the things that you're doing, um, I know that that can sometimes, or at least at one point, it came with putting a ton of pressure on yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. You kind of, Walk me through that journey of finding that balance between what you expected of yourself and, you know, the environment around you. So you're absolutely right. I'm naturally like a anxiety, was it worry wart? I can't even say it because it's too many that's a technical term. But I'm, that's, I'm naturally that way. And um, I usually get really nervous in crowds. And ever since like high school, I'd have a hard time like walking down the hallway. If there's, if I feel like people are looking at me, you know, like I have that kind of weird, I don't even know why, I don't know where I got it from. It's just, I just feel like people are looking at me. And so when I walked into here, being um, relatively athletic and I looked how I looked just cause I have a certain, you know, physique. Cause I was working out before I got here. Um, people expected, a lot out of me. They were just like, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you just think you can do that. You should just, you know, get up there. You can do that. And so like, once I started to feel like there was this expectation of me, that's when it really started to hit and I wanted to do well because people were looking at me. At least I felt like they were or they were expecting something out of me or, you know, and I, I was afraid that if I did poorly, they'd be like, wow, she did bad, you know, <laughs> and I, and I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want that. So it got to a point where I was always trying to do well. I was always trying to RX something. I was always trying to be one of the top scores on the whiteboard, leaderboard, whatever. I was always sure. trying to, you know, be better than the person next to me because I didn't want to let whoever it was down. Yeah. The unknown. Them, they, you know, the, the, the crowd, whoever it may be. And um, it got to a point where I would dread coming in for workouts that looked hard. If they looked too hard or they looked like they were going to be like something I couldn't do or might not be able to finish or, you know, anything like that. I was having anxiety and stress from the night before. It felt like I was preparing for the open or something where I'd be like, I got to win this. I got to do well. I got to perform. And it got to the point where the clock is ticking and I'm like, my heart's racing before it starts. And that was not a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a, a high, uh, level of stress yeah. to be coming into yeah. your daily workout with yeah. high stress, you know? Yeah. And, um, it got to a point where I would start to like skip a week or two. Cause like I needed a break, you know, I'm like, I've been doing this too much. I just need time off and I'll come back in a week or I'll come back in two weeks because I think I was so high strung about it. And I had done that a couple of times where, you know, I'd go hard for like four months and then take like a week or two and then another four months and then like a week or two. And, um, 
there was just a day where I was talking to, I think you mentioned Jake earlier. I think it was Jake that I was talking to. Good dude. And um, I was telling him how I always have this like feeling. And he was like, you got to relax. <laughs> Keeping it he, simple. He was really good. Like, he was pretty much like, hey, you know, you got to chill and just, just know that you've given it your best. Like if you come in and you do your best, that should be enough. Like, just let that be enough that you gave it your full effort that day, you know? And, um, that was like a turning point because I had that in my head and that in addition to coming across different things on Instagram that said, you know, like everybody has an off day. Some days you just don't feel strong. Some days, you know, like hormones, whatever it may be, you just have an off day or off period or anything. You can't be 100%, 100% of the time? Apparently what? not. That's what, that's what I'm Shoot. hearing. I'm still not sure, but that's what they're saying. So once I was able to come to terms with those things, I just got to a point where it's just like, look, if if the if the workout has 50 toes to bar and I can't do 50 toes to bar, I guess 40 is going to be good. And it just got to that point where I was like, I'm going to do 40. I'm going to do them well or decent. And I'm going to call it a day. <laughs> or decent. I love it. You know, and and I think getting to that spot let me get back to where CrossFit was fun again. It let me get back to coming in here and seeing the friendly faces I like to see and doing a quick little workout and feeling like, you know, I'm relieving stress versus getting more stress. And so um, that was just, I don't know, that just really did something for me. And even now, like when I see a hard workout, the, the conversation is, is lighthearted when you're like, whew, this is going to be this is going to be a bad one versus the (laughs) sweating teeth chattering and like anxiety. This is going to be a bad one. So yeah, it completely changed, you know, the whole outlook of it for me. That's funny. I feel like that's our conversation every single day when you come in here, it's just like, (laughs) whoop, here we go. (laughs) I'm like, you know, that's, that's how it is when it's like, you know what's about to happen to you, right? Or you don't know? Well, let me tell you, just so you have an idea of what to expect. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to get slapped in the face like I did. So let's let you know what to expect. And then you can hit it hard, you know? I love it. But, you know, I feel like that's such a, an important thing. Uh, there's an idea that I'm always talking to a lot of my patients about. And it's the idea of the, the quote-unquote third place that, you know, you have your house is kind of place one. Your job is usually place two, but we need a third place that kind of helps us disconnect from those other places that kind of help recharge and refill us. And it's usually best if that's not your house or your job. It sounds like for a hot minute there, your third place was just an added source of stress rather than what it was meant to be. So yeah, kind of finding that journey back to making it what it was intended to be is, uh, that's cool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually glad that I was able to figure that out because after a while, my work life situation changed to where I started to work from home a lot. So at the time of that stress and anxiety, you're right. I had home, I had work office, I had, you know, gym, but for the past year or two now I've had be at home, work from home and gym. So I only had two places. So could you imagine (laughs) if my other place was just as stressful. So I'm really glad I got to this place where now I can come here and like, you know, let loose. And that's why earlier with this whole Corona thing, I was losing my mind because the only other place I could go to was closed. 
it wasn't yeah. a good time for me. <laughs> yeah, you and a lot of people, I think. I think, you know, I think some of us, I'm not sure, but I feel like, you know, a big majority of us, we're having a hard time with the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, some adjustments have been made. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I've been kind of watching you as you've been going through this this process is how you've created uh, Omicha. And to be honest, I don't know whether to call it like Omicha activewear or like sports company or like fashion line or like I, how do you think about what Omicha is and where it's going? The way I see it, like my ultimate right now is just, you can call it whatever you want to call it. As long as you're calling <laughs> it, as long as you're talking about it, tweeting about it, going to its Instagram, speaking of Instagram, the um the plug it is at underscore o m e c h a at underscore omicha so as long as you're going to all these different sites to find it i don't care what you call it you can even pronounce it wrong omeka anything as long as you're going to visit it and you're telling your friends about it <laughs> just get to it just get to it but, <laughs> I love um, it. honestly it kind of got to that point because i called it several different things and you know since I started thinking of it because I had I really started this in 2016 or so like it's been a long time it was a while ago yeah and it went from is it fitness wear is it protection apparel is it you know like it, I went through all these phases and then I thought about like certain big brands and I was like I don't think they really cornered themselves into anything so why would I do that just let it be what it is and then you can put a bunch of stuff in there <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Give a give the folks listening just a, a quick idea of what some of the kind of initial products that you've been working on are. Yes. So the to give a backstory, the the ideas came from right about the time when I was getting better at CrossFit, when I was getting better at movements, and I was getting into the more complicated things, and um, like push presses, push jerks. Um, the cleans, like all the things that were starting to be like, wow, once you have a heavy weight, it's the barbells coming back down. (laughs) Really? Once you, once you get to a certain point, if you can't control that barbell, at least well enough, it's coming down and it's coming down fast. It's like, uh, was it gravity? Is that what that? I've heard, I've heard of it. Something like that. And so I was having my collarbones kind of bruised up every so often. And I was like, wow, there's really got to be a better way to do this. Like there just has to be. And so that's where the idea came from putting, uh, getting clothing that has padding in certain areas. So whether it's padding on your collarbone or padding behind your neck for when you have to do like behind the neck jerks or, you know, padding up for the pants there's padding on the shins for like deadlifts and rope climbs there's padding on the knees for lunges you know so the the clothing is right now it's a a top and a bottom and it just has what i call strategically placed padding that can um that can help you to um attack workouts that you would likely back away from if they hurt um because i know that a lot of us if something hurts you're kind of thinking of before you even do it, that this is going to be kind of painful, especially when you have to bring the barbell down for the third time and you already have a a bruise from yesterday. And so the idea was if I can get this clothing out to people, they can be protected, keep attacking workouts 
and not have to back off or back down and be able to attack every workout full on. So that was the the whole idea behind the top and the pants. And gosh, I mean, I can think of a, a ton of times where I've, I'll, I'll get like a strong collarbone bruise. And if I have to, yeah, do like a push press jerk, anything that I have to bring a bar back down into a front rack that I'm expending so much extra energy, just trying to stabilize that bar right. down and slow it down. So there's not <laughs> such a crazy collision that, uh, yeah, it just wears me out that much more. So, uh, that sounds like a very needed and very helpful product. What has the journey looked like actually trying to go from, I have nothing to, I have something. And the whole thing has been a roller coaster ride of emotions and like fears and all the stuff, all my anxiety and worries. Um, it started from, you know, you have the idea, then you got to figure out how to try to execute it. So I go on, um, I believe it was like Maker's Row, like the website Maker's Row, and then they have, um, you can find like manufacturers, design teams, like, you know, you, there's a, a bunch of resources on there. And I was, I found this random design company. And so I reached out to them and was like, oh, if I have this idea, you know, blah, blah, blah. And after several emails back and forth, they sent me a quote. And when I saw that quote for how much that was going to cost me, I didn't respond to that email for like 10 days. I just, <laughs> I just was like, what? I, mm. And if, if that shows you anything, let me just tell you that that's how this whole journey has gone. That's how my anxiety and my stress, like, it's just not great. When I see something like that and I'm just like, I need time to process what's happening right now. So the idea, I even had to, like, I was trying to patent it. I'm still in the process now um, to try to get a patent on it. And even the patent lawyer, when he's like, this is how much it's going to cost. I'm like, hold on a second. I'll get back to you in two months. <laughs> and so like. got to go back to the back cave and kind of think about things. Just got to go think about things for a while. And if I still want to do this. And um, it got to the point where I understood why people go on Shark Tank and just ask for $100,000. Man, just the, ask. the dream, right? Just yeah. and maybe somebody will give it to you, and then all of a sudden you have your product in six months. Like it makes total sense now. Um, whereas I'm 100% self-funded, so I was, you know, like I just haven't saved a dime in years. Everything I make, I just kind of push it right onto product development and research development, and you know all that stuff. And so it just took a long time to be able to be okay with parting ways with this hard-earned money because I just know all the other inventors that are just like, there was a VCs or wherever they go to people and say, hey, I'll give you 5% or 10% or 20% if you do this. And I didn't want to do that. And because like for me, it's a, it's a passion project and I didn't want to, you know, go that route. But now I understand <laughs> why people do yeah. that. Because when you need the cash flow to get this thing going, you got to get it some kind of way. But um. But yeah, that's, uh, I think about that all the time, especially as I've, you know, launched Be Ready and, you know, a lot of the other things that I've done, it's like, I'm going to take money that I worked hard for and that I earned, and then I'm just going to put it into this thing that is going to force me just to work hard more <laughs> and it may or may not pay off. It's a, that's a tough moment when you have to do things like that. That's the kicker. 
maker. It may or may not pay off. I've reached a point now where, oh, it's going to pay off. Like I've reached a point where I'm like, I'm defiant. It's going to happen. Like there's no, it's not going to work option. That just doesn't exist anymore. If I have to go door to door and peddle these things and be like, does anybody in here work out? No. Okay. Anybody in this neighborhood? Do you know anybody in the street that goes to the gym? Okay. I'll go to the next street over because it has to work at this point. The amount of time, the amount of effort, the amount of like just sheer like work that's gone into the whole thing. It's just got to work out. It's just, it's got to take off at this point. I have no other option. It has no option. (laughs) Hey, a lot of the time that's the place you need to be at to like make stuff happen. Uh, You know, a big, a big thing for me and getting be ready rolling was I was working part-time initially. And as soon as I was no longer working part-time and be ready was my full-time gig, I was like, all right. So I'm either going to have a business and make money and help people or I'm going to have nothing. Exactly. So you got to make it happen. And um, I'm I'm still not through this, you know, part of my life yet. I'm not, I haven't made it to the promised land or anything. I'm still in the trenches and I'm still trying to make it come to fruition and um, small, small things. This is definitely not a small thing, but you know, small things like coronavirus. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a little thing. Just a little, you know, detour. Um, This year was going to be the launch year. Like this year was when I was going to take it to like a fit expo. This year was the year that I was going to, you know, do it. It was going to happen. And then everything got derailed, like everything. Can't make it, can't get it to you. No more expo, you know. And it was just like crushing because I have been in, was it in the red? I've been in debt. I've been in, you know, not making a dime for years. And I finally saw where I could potentially make a dollar. Mm. And then it just went away. And so I had to, I had to do the, I guess like the, the Jake lesson, just like, Hey, did the best you could do. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask how you like, you know, with all like the pressure and anxiety and everything that can kind of come with this, like, yeah. How do you take that now into the business world? Yeah. I mean, it took for, for that particular issue, it took maybe a week to be like, okay with it. Cause at the time, at the time, the expo was still on when I got the message that the clothes were going to be not ready or not made. So oh I was like, you're kidding. I've bought this booth. I've got this, you know, like I was, I was just ready to go. And then I got the news that it wasn't going to come. And I was like, what am I going to do when I get to that booth now? You know, so I had that kind of stress. But then a couple weeks after, expos canceled and I was like on a positive note no clothes no expo <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey the right side so so um so yeah I got to a point where I was like I guess 2021 is the year you know and I've just been able to be okay with it because I think over the past few years there's been all these bumps in the road anyway and I've kind of just got used to the fact that things are just going to happen and you have to pivot and you have to be okay with not doing it on the schedule you thought you were going to do it. Um, and my mom said something that's pretty genius. And she goes, you can always make them. They're not going to spoil. <laughs> she goes, she oh, goes, gonna go bad? You know, she goes, even if it takes you 10 years, they're not going to go bad. And I was like, that's a good way to look at it, mom. Thank you. Cause I, I needed that. <laughs> mom's for the win always but yeah that's um you know it's it's tough when 
yeah, you kind of realize like, okay, I would have liked for this road to be a little bit smoother, but this is what the road is. And I guess I'm just going to keep walking this road. Just got to keep going down it and just see what happens. And like I said, I reached the point of this thing is just going to work. And especially when like, you know, I I doubt myself. I doubt the idea. I'm like, people are going to think this is dumb. And then there's other days when I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever done in my life ever. This is genius. When people see this, they're going to freak out. So, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's all the, you know, ups and downs of the whole thing. And I think I've yep, landed on, emotions. I think I've landed on, this is pretty cool. I think that's where, I think that's where I landed. This is, this is pretty cool. All I got to do is get it in front of people so they can go, Hmm pretty cool once we get there i think we're golden i hope that i am driven to a place of speaking in that high tone of a voice this is pretty cool right there that's a that's a good place to be (laughs) well yeah i'm excited to see what the rest of this year and 2021 holds for omicha but honestly you know it's just really cool to see you go through the process see you learn and keep getting after it. Like a lot of people would have given up by now. And now you're at the point where, uh, you know, sending some emails out, putting some posts up, the product is actually exists. exists. Like that's huge. It exists. We're currently, uh, in the production phase right now. I paid half down, so it had better be in the production phase right now. That's right. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's happening. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline because of the whole Corona thing, but I don't care. I don't care about the timeline. It's, it's in the works. That's all I know. And that's, and that's exciting. It's going to happen and it'll show up at my door one day and I'm going to be like, it's time to start going door to door. Time to make it happen. (laughs) I love it. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you guys are listening, you should absolutely go, follow at underscore Omicha. That's right, at underscore O-M-E-C-H-A. I love it. Uh, Well, Christiana, thank you so, so much for taking time to hang out with me on this podcast and, you know, just giving everybody some insight to the fact that people who do things excellently and people out there who you see doing things well doesn't mean that the road to do things well was easy or that it came natural to them. I think that's one of the lies that we believe is that people who do things excellently, that skills came naturally. And, um, you know, there's a whole road paved with anxiety Mm -hmm. and stress Mm -hmm. and insecurity and bruises on your collarbone. That's right. uh, All that. (laughs) So thank you again. And, uh, let's go, uh, let's go work out or something for having me. And, uh, is it, is it time to work out? I think, I think I it's think about that time. time <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christiana. And I would love for all of us to walk away with that idea that she spoke about, that if you're in a season of opposition and pressure, all we can really do is what we can do. And we should do what we can do excellently, but not worry about what the unknown others might be thinking about us. And if we do that, then, you know, stress, anxiety, all those things will have no power over us.
Now, of course, if you have any questions for me or for Christiana, feel free to email those to ross at bereadypt.com. And thanks for listening.